When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Ding, ding. Yeah, I thought they were better today. Um, you know, it's you know when you when you go against guys every day, you know it's I don't know if it's ever a really good test because you know the defense knows mo- you know a lot of their plays and um, you know still installing. So, but I thought they looked a lot better today. It should be a heck of a test. Uh, you know, Seattle is uh, very good. Uh, Russell Wilson makes a lot of plays on the move, so we're going to have to be really good defensively. I hope we uh, we perform better offensively than we did last week. Um, third downs, holding on the ball. Um, we need to improve in a lot of areas, so um, hopefully we'll uh, play a lot better this week. All right, let's get to started here from the State Fair. Mackie and Judd today for the first hour will be Zolgad and my buddy Chip Scoggins. Matthew Collar in for hour two, and then uh, Phil will join the show from the State Fair here for hours uh, three and four. Chip Scoggins, the Vikings will play, as we covered many times, the all-important third preseason game on Friday against Seattle here at U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, Your observations so far for a team that uh, certainly continues to have some concerns on the offensive line but has an embarrassment of riches right now when it comes to their defense after signing uh, Iloka. Yeah, there's... as soon as they announced that signing, it was a predictable uh, reaction on Twitter. Does he play offensive guard? Yeah, I Does know. he play tackle? Yep. You know, it, it's, or are they going to trade? I got. Are they going to trade Sendejo yeah. for a starting guard now? No. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's it's hard to really get a grasp of where the offense is through two games. Obviously, they just had one drive and looked good in the first game. Second game, they didn't do much of anything. Um, and so hopefully they play three quarters this this uh, Friday night and the third one, and so you have a better sense of kind of where they're at and maybe start establishing some continuity on the on the uh, offensive line. Sure. Because I'm not sure you're getting a fair uh, portrait of what you know the offense can be if you're down to 13 guys playing. And so that's not to say they're not going to have injuries and some of these guys are going to be forced into action at some point this year. But uh, defensively. Uh, you know, I think we know what they're going to be defensively, and they only uh, are going to, you know, they only got stronger yesterday, um, you know, with the addition. So um, I, I'm curious to kind of see what the offense is able to do if there is Dalvin Cook in there this uh, Friday night. I, I think, think he, he play, play, I think I he think plays, he plays a couple snaps. And I got to be honest with you, I'm I don't really care either way. Um, watching him in practice, he looks really good. Yes, he looks really good. Yes, he, he looks does. explosive. It, you don't really see any hesitancy on it, making cuts. He's not wearing a brace. He's a Pro Bowl type player. He's, he's I mean, a different. It's, it's that know, simple. I was thinking about this uh, the other day, Judd. Isn't it funny how 
the running back position we talk about has been devalued, and they're not what they used to be, and yep. it, the game has changed. But then when you see a special talent like him, you're like, you know what, he makes a difference. <laughs> but he's not – I think, I think the conversation, though, stems around this. The traditional Adrian Peterson back Correct. is disappearing, and if he exists, the value of that guy is not incredibly high. But in so many sports now, and, and this is definitely true of what we once considered to be the running back position in football, it's multi-positional versatility. Because Dalvin Cook, you can line up in the backfield. You can split him out. He can block. So I think the value now more and more, both on offense and defense, lies in how much can you do. Yeah, the versatility. Part. Yes. Yeah, more than, all right, we're going to line up and hand to you 30 And Adrian's going to run yeah. it 25 times, and oh my gosh, this is fantastic. And, and That's and, disappearing. Well, and I think, I think the philosophy's changed too, whereas it used to be, all right, we got to run on first and second down, and we'll pass on third. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's like, well, you don't have to do that. I mean, that that's you know, that's playing into the defense's hands. So I agree with that. But yeah, in terms of Dalvin, if he plays, it's great. But I don't think it's you know anything to worry about if he doesn't because he looks pretty darn good. So it's not surprising that I have expressed a plenty of concern regarding the line yeah. throughout uh, training camp. And it looks like Hill and and Remmers might get some snaps on Friday night. Elfline, not so much. But you're a bit more rational than me. What's your What's your thought there? Because <laughs> I, it's it's not that I don't think that they can't put them together and be okay. Yeah. Uh, it's just that we've seen this before, where certain groups go through a training camp and they're never together. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're destined to fail, but it certainly makes it it makes it more difficult come weeks. One and two, for instance. Yeah, I think it's a That's big been concern. My point. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to say the sky is falling, but I think it's a big concern because um, you've invested so much in this team, except for that position, and you're you're counting on best case scenario, everybody's together, and then you still don't know how good they are. Well, you're not even close to best case scenario. And Rashad Hill at right tackle is a big a big one there yeah. in my mind. I think you're I, right. You know, I'm in guard. I, I would say my biggest concern right now is Pat Elfline. He hasn't practiced. Yep. And what's his conditioning level? What's uh, He's been working out now to the side a bunch, not, not, but you're not playing football. You're not playing football. That's I mean, guys even tell you they have to get back in and practice some before they're ready to play. Sure. So, to me, that's a big concern. And, you know, you're, you're dealing with a new quarterback. You're dealing with line calls. You're dealing with a new offense. All those things. And he's in, in responsible for protection calls at the line. And, you know, people might roll their eyes at that, but it's not insignificant. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that you have to train and, and practice at. And so – um, and, you know, he's in the film, or he's in the rooms and doing all that, so he's getting that part of it. But um, the fact that he hasn't practiced yet is, is troubling. My biggest thing, and I, I wrote about this uh, for our website last night, and I've talked about it for a couple of days now. And this is not this is not a sound the alarm, but it's a definite be patient thing. Pat Shermer had a phenomenal year mm-hmm. at coordinator last year, Very, yeah. and and I mean we've covered a lot of teams where that didn't happen, and and those teams. Lots of times can move the ball down the field and they get to the red zone and they stall out. And it's frustrating to watch because you're like, this shouldn't be that, that tough. Mm-hmm. And I felt like last year, Shermer was so good with the with the offense and, and in particular at times the, the uh, red zone, which I believe the statistic I looked up last night, they went from something like 28th in the red zone when it was Turner and then Shermer yeah. in 2016 to like 12th or 13th. So a drastic improvement. And the thing that I'm landing on more and more is this might take four games. Like, this might take some time. And now this defense is good enough 
that they'll be okay or they should be. But you're introducing DeFilippo, a, a new mm-hmm. OC. You've got a new quarterback who has a very nice skill set, but it's definitely different than Keenum's skill set. Mm-hmm. You're getting Cook back in. Your offensive line has not been able to practice together for, what, essentially the starting line one snap throughout all. all of training camp. Yeah. So this is not so much of a sound the alarm as I think if the expectation is that Kirk Cousins is going to come out week one against San Francisco and this is going to look fantastic, you got to slow that down a lot. Yeah, no, I, I mean, anyone that thinks that they're going to be a well-oiled machine the first game, I don't think that that's fair or realistic. And, and Cousins sort of alluded to that yesterday. He, uh, you know, he was asked a lot about where he is with the offense and kind of his feelings on it. And he said, well, I, I don't want to totally discount preseason, but I feel like it takes uh, a couple games into the regular season to kind of feel like where you're at, what you need to work on, yeah. what your strengths are. And I, and I agree with that, especially, like you said, when you have a new offense coordinator, you have an, a new quarterback that, you know, as much as they practice in training camp, you know, the reps that they get, it's not the same as a quarterback being hit, uh, you know, a, nope. a, a running back being tackled. Uh, just the physicality of the speed of a game and, and you know, uh, wide receivers really be impressed. I mean, everything's just different. And so I, I think it will take a few games to kind of, you know, find their consistency, particularly with the offensive line because they haven't been together. It might take Dalvin Cook as, as you know, like I said, he's looked good in, in camp and I don't worry about him. But he may have some game rust he needs to knock off. And so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I don't think that we're going to see probably – their best until no. until a few weeks in, but About four games or so. But I think you you hit it the nail on the head that that defense is going to keep them in a lot of games, and so they don't they're not going to need to score a lot of points right off the bat. All right, I've got a confession to make. As you know, I don't get overly excited about things too much. Mm-hmm. I completely geeked out. George <laughs> Iloka to me, and, yeah. and I know he's not a Pro Bowl player. I think he's a nice player. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not saying that the Vikings picked up Ronnie Lott here. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he was on the practice field yesterday, and and this is not a move to trade or or release or exile Sandejo. No. This is a move, and, and we talked about this uh, coming here this morning. This is a move designed to play three safeties. And I actually think if the offense is a concern, and we really don't know, I think this defense, once again, is going to be flat-out fun. And I think he's – and I think – Zimmer is going to have more wrinkles in this thing in 2018 than he did in 2017. Yeah, and I look at everything you read was a financial cut, not a yeah. performance cut. And I mean, you think he's still going to play at a you know fairly high level? And so, I think there was some reaction. Well, uh, this is the innocent day. No, I don't think that at all. I think they're going to play all three of those guys together, and you're going to see Harrison Smith in roles that we've never seen him. Yes, uh, or more of. Uh, Flexibility from Line, him in terms of linebacker, safety, cor- sort of hybrid. He's corner. a hybrid. Yeah. yeah, he's a hybrid, and I think you're going to see more of Zimmer's creativity with him and Anthony Barr this year than we've seen. We were out there yesterday, and you saw Anthony Barr playing defensive end in, in a package they had in there, and so um, it, it's. I think this allows because Zimmer made the comment, was it last year or two years ago, where he said I was still something along the lines of I'd like to have another safety or two years ago type of safety that two years could, ago at the combine he made a comment that that we took as a jab at Sandejo but I think it was more about a desire to add a particular type of player at safety to free up a jab. to free up Harrison to do more correct so um 
so yeah, I, I, I could see I could see certain uh, situations where he plays all three of them and Harrison's roaming around the you know the, the field, uh, whether he's blitzing, whether he's playing the this slot. Could, this could be fun to yeah, watch. Yeah, gonna. My yeah, point. and and as you mentioned, as we were walking over here, you know, with with you know their kind of uncertainty at their their nickel corner now and playing that slot role with McKenzie dinged up and you know Newman's forty. Right. This would allow you to put Harrison up there in some parts and some packages. So yeah, I just think this. I'm sure Zimmer. Well, it's interesting that that. Uh, Iloka said yesterday at his press conference that they called him the night before. Was his first. I'm surprised they didn't call him I, Sunday. I, Sunday as, as soon as they found out he was released. I agree. And maybe, you know, maybe and he didn't get maybe, a great deal here. Well, no, he got I've got veteran, the terms. It's, it's one year, right? It's a veteran's minimum. Yeah, I mean, so it's not. A, so it's not like they keep his deal possible. It's not like they swooped in and no. said we'll give you because they can't. And maybe, and maybe. You know, it might have been a situation where the Vikings thought, well, he's going to sign a you know, fairly significant deal somewhere else and we're not going to be able to afford him. And then right. when it didn't happen and they made a call and you realize you could get him for a veteran's minimum. And, you know, to his credit, he chose the situation because it's late in the game here. Yep. He doesn't have to learn a whole new system. He's not going to be, uh, you know, having to do that. And so he can come in and play, I would think, fairly quickly. Because he, he said yesterday, I asked him when he got out there, was it, is there still going to be a learning curve? Is some familiarity? And he said, you know, like 80% is what he remembered. And that's it, pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that's he, just fine. He said Zimmer has changed uh, and he's gonna be used call in, sometimes. And I think he gets used in packages. Yeah. Like, I don't think he, he has to he has to come, come here right 100% away. concerned about the entire defense. Well, no. And, so I think he's fine. And, and he, he, you know, he, he eventually might be your starter. But even in... I mean, you know, we get so consumed with starters. There's so many different sub packages. In, oh, I know. In, in now. football it, now, who cares? Exactly. The nickel position is a starter. Is a starter. Yeah, I mean, he plays more than a starter. Yeah, and <laughs> it's incredibly important too. Yeah, I mean, he's going to play we, as 65. We've, as we've seen. Yeah, he's going to play 65 percent of staff. So who cares if you're quote unquote a starter? Can you imagine the potential havoc, Chip Scoggins, if you put Anthony Barr and Harrison Smith on the field together, and you don't, and if you're the offense, you have no clue what they're going to do. In, Until in, like five seconds before yeah, the snap, yeah. In roles that you, in positions that you I told you, are, I'm completely geeked out here. Yeah, you are geeked. Out. It, you it's are, football sorry. geek. Yeah, this is it's football geekdom. Well, it's and it, you know, you know, people have kind of we made a joke about how, you know, Zimmer loads up on his defense, and you know, this is there's, you know, what do you say? How many corners do you want? One more? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's not. <laughs> and that, but that's, that's not wrong. No, and it's and it, but he has in his mind's eye how he wants this defense to function and look and. And so I'm sure he was excited when he found out they could get Iloka for, you know, veterans minimum and yeah. get him in here. And that is, let's see here, I've, I found the terms. One year, 790000 base, which is nothing, a 90000 signing bonus, which is nothing. And, and, and so for, that's, a, good, you that's know, and, a great deal for the team. And Iloka's banking on himself. And of he, course he, he is, yeah. Said, you know, he'll have a good year, and then they'll address his contract. You know, he'll get an extension from somebody next year. All right, let's uh, take our first break. It is Mackie and Judd from the State Fair. As I said before, Chip Scoggins, Star Tribune sports columnist, in for hour one. Matthew Collar does a great job covering the Vikings for us and joining me the past couple of days. Uh, we'll be in, so we'll talk plenty more Vikings from 10 to 11. And then uh, Phil joins for the last uh, two hours. Let's come back and uh, talk about Chip's potential concern about the NFL rule changes, where that's going, and is that a big deal, or are we overreacting? Mackie and Judd back after this from the State Fair. This portion of Mackie and Judd is sponsored by Fradaloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, also a proud sponsor of the Beer Show. Yeah, it's been costing people some jobs. Playoffs, jobs, a whole, whole bit, I'm guessing. But... uh 
you know, we're going to keep trying. I mean, we haven't had any call on us so far, but, um, you know, I just, it's just hard to figure out. Hour one. There's your song. There's your Tennessee fight song. Yeah, we're, Hope we're you getting, enjoy it. We're getting close. What's kickoff for you? Uh, I think we're Saturday. Oh, you are this Saturday. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, the following Saturday. Yeah. yeah, but you're on a Saturday. See, yeah. this Thursday stuff drives me crazy. I, you know, I don't mind it. I Thursday I don't mind and Friday. It. Saturday. Well, God made Saturdays for college. Yeah, football. but the thing I like that they do is is. You have games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Because well, you're a junkie, though. You, but you're a college football junkie. I want my club playing on Saturday. The thing that's great, uh, look at the first weekend matchup. It used to be you didn't pay attention. Well, I did, but you know, right? The but they, they, this they, changed a couple. This changed well, all the playoff. A couple of years. It's great. The playoff. Yeah. Because the committee looks at strength of schedule now, and yes. so all these teams and all these conferences have said schedule tougher. You know, so yeah. No, it's fun now. Yeah. It's fun now. I mean, is there – I seem to recall last uh, college football season, I think there was one early dead week, like the fourth week. The Typically, third or fourth week, it was really bad. and that, But that was the only really bad week of the entire uh, yeah, non-conference Typically, season. second or third week are kind of lulls because teams want to sort of get healthy before they, they yes. get it. And now so many conferences are playing non-conference game, nine conference games, so there's only three. That's right. Non-conference. So typically week two or three is the lull. I read to you from uh, the Twitter account of our good friend Kevin Seifert, ESPN.com, and uh, Kevin does a fantastic job on what I guess I would call the National Football League rules beat. Yes. Which, which listener might be, wow, that's not, that's not a full-time job. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it's it is. It's a full-time job now. Uh, Kevin Seifert tweets, there have been nearly 5,000 plays in the league uh, in the preseason. 51 of them have had a helmet rule foul. Patience, young Jedis. Uh, and, and then he goes on to explain the hysteria about this rule. I get Kevin's point. Yeah. I, I get the point. I get the point that there's that this rule, we're fixated on something that isn't being called all that much. Mm-hmm. But here's my concern. It's not how much it's called. It's when it's going to be called. And, and the fact that yesterday they had a conference call about this, they basically decided we're going to continue on this track and what really bothers me is they still won't, if you eject someone, they won't use the college rule, which I, in this case, I side with colleges. They won't allow the official to say, at least we get a replay look at that. So if Harrison Smith throws what is deemed to be an ejectable hit, and then you go back and look, and it's not, he still gets a penalty, but, yeah. he, but he doesn't get ejected. If you're ejected now, you're going to be tossed out, and that concerns me. I don't care how many times it's called. To me, it's who it's called on and when it's called, and that can decide games. Yeah, I think it's a couple things. I think fans are just so uh, have such fatigue over kind of the Byzantine rule book of the NFL: the catch is this a catch, not a catch. And now you add another uh, rule change in here that when you watch some of these hits, you're just wondering, like, what are they supposed to do? I mean, that that's just football. Like the one. Last week, the first one that Jacksonville got, C.J. Ham catches a little pass. He's running down full speed. He yeah. goes low. The defender, I, he goes low to try to avoid getting steamrolled. Yeah. And, he, and his head was to the side. He didn't lead with his with the crown of his helmet. And he tackles him, and he gets the penalty. And you're thinking, I thought it was going to be C.J. Ham that got it. And so you don't even know kind of what they're looking at. And it's – the game is so fast, and they're asking these officials, I think, to do an impossible job of trying to figure out, is his head up? Is, and it's just four, four veteran officials 
in the past few months said, I ain't doing this. Yeah. Well, and, and, and for good reason. And I thought Harrison was right. Harrison Smith, we asked him about it, and he said, you know, be clear that, that players want the game to be safer. They're not – they don't want the kill shots. They don't want these guys that are just flying around launching themselves. But the rule change, as he said, has to be, quote, physically uh, capable of doing it. Yeah. You have to be physically able – to do what they want you to do. And, and by in the some way, cases, you can't. And If you're going to go low, your head is going to be in front of your shoulders. I was going to say, that's the problem is you can't avoid your head going first. Like there's no – Not like, if you're going for a tackle. Like you can't turtle. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you, can't put, you can't have your head sink into your shoulders and be like, okay, there. So And if you're standing straight up with your head up, you're going to absorb a hit right to – Yes. Know, so but what I, concerns, I think it's unrealistic. But what concerns me is, is not the amount of times it's called. It's when it's called in well, games – who it's called against, and and here as a fan of football, so let's say, let's just say for the sake of this for a second, I don't even care about safety, all right? So, mm-hmm. the, so this part of the statement is not about safety. Royce was right last year. With all the flags that we've seen in the past couple of years, the game is almost unwatchable at times, mm-hmm. and now you're adding another layer of penalties. Yeah. Like when you, you're now going to have the potential, if you emphasize all the rules that they've been trying to get across the past few years, you have the potential to have almost a flag thrown every play now. Could be. And speaking of pace of play, yeah. you got a problem. Well, and the other thing is, I mean, this is a 15-yarder. Yep. And so if it's two a game, one or two, but it happens at a point where, you know, you – like we saw the other day with Williams, and this is a different rule with the driving in a quarterback. But if you negate a sack over what looked like a pretty clean hit, all of a sudden that would have been, what, second and 25 or whatever – Odds are it was a seven-yard loss. So second and yes. seventeen. Yes. But in that situation, odds are Jacksonville's probably going to have to punt. Now they didn't come down and score, I don't believe. But in a regular season game, if that happens, um, or if you get a fifteen-yarder and a team uses that to go in and scores, and then all of a sudden that sort of dictates now you're behind by a touchdown or fourteen points. Now you have to abandon kind of your game plan. So maybe it is being a little bit uh, sky has fallen and hysterical. But I don't think it's, you know, when you see these these calls and they look like just random normal football plays, I think people are, are you know, understandably upset that, like, what are, what is the purpose here? What are you doing? Because it's not making – that wasn't a dangerous play. I think you bring up an interesting point, though, and it's one that I've, uh, that I've tried to talk about this week as well. And that is these officials are being put in an impossible position I have much more confidence that officials can um, can pull back on calling something. Like, let's say they're emphasizing holding, mm-hmm. which is not, you know. And so I call it a lot in the preseason, and I know exactly what I'm doing if I'm the official. And then we get to week one, and I call it, but not as much. But in this case, where where I think people are, are making a mistake by saying that these calls are going to go away, officials don't even really know what they're looking for, and they've mm-hmm. been and they have been told – throughout the summer call this call this call this if it was holding or it was or it was a common penalty and i could say to myself i'm just going to peel back on that but when it's been emphasized to you to call this it's a safety issue and i also know that if i see a helmet go first do i call that one or or do i not see this is where i think it's going to get confusing in week one and this notion that it's just the penalties are just going to go away is probably mistaken yeah there there might not be as many as we've seen in in this as C flays out, there hasn't been a whole lot, 51. But 
it felt like there was 51 in the Vikings game the other day. There was well, four, and that's three. partially because of the sack the as sack, well, yeah. which is a different rule, but it's going to be. But that one's yeah. hard to watch, too. But I, you know, and it's funny because the Vikings benefited from that first one, the, the one on Ham. And Zimmer said, I actually sent that one to the league. And I would be curious to. to <laughs> I've never seen that before no, in my life. No, like a, a coach sending a, a, a play that benefits them. But yep. um, I would be curious to know, like, if, if you could sit there and ask him, like, what could that defender have done differently like what did he do wrong and what in that situation what was he supposed to do right you have a 230 pound whatever guy barreling down on you and he ducks what what it, you know what are you supposed to do like you know do the ole i mean i don't, I don't know i what, don't know what no i have no idea it, it seemed like he, i have no clue what these guys are supposed to do to avoid what appear to be a lot of times normal football plays and the thing is is it's one thing if they were blocking dummies and you're like okay here's the technique well it's a moving target at a high rate of speed, and the you know the target changes, body positions change, and so you're asking guys, in that snap you know snap of a finger, to change technique and have perfect form. It doesn't work that way, and it, it, you know you don't want guys leaning it going in with their head because you could get a serious neck injury, but. A lot of those guys, I mean, we're tackling with their shoulders, which is exactly what you want them to do. And they've also been tackling like this. And I'm not, uh, to your point, not saying the kill shots. But if you go back now and look at what they're calling, it's consistently how, how these guys have been tackling th- their entire lives. I give the next group, I give the kids of today a shot, right? Yeah. Because they're going to be taught different. But, you know, if you're Harrison Smith and now but, high rate of speed, game, you know, it's a, you're being paid millions of dollars to do your job. And as you're about to tackle a guy, you've got to think: Is he shifting? There's no time to do no. that. And it's, I mean, some of, like I said, some of those were textbook tackles. And um, I, I don't know. I just don't. And Zimmer's going to lose his mind. Well, or him or some coach, because it's going to it. it but his it's whole going to affect the flow of a game but, in a negative way. But Mike's whole basis as a coach in life is built around defense. Yeah, it's built around this. And uh, you know, like he's not an offensive guy. No, yeah. I, I mean, this is he got hired here to stop Rodgers and Stafford and, at that time, Cutler. Yeah. And he got hired here to build a defense that he has made damn good. And now they really can't tell him, but don't do the wrong thing. What, what does that even mean? And the problem is, Judd, I mean, I think everybody, everybody would agree. You want to make the game safe. But it, you're not a Neanderthal to think it's going to be physical. Guys are going to get hurt. There's going to be big shots. And it's not necessarily like kill shots, but just hard tackles. And it doesn't mean... You can't legislate that out of football, and it's it stinks when guys get hurt, and you don't want them to have long term, you know, health problems. But it's a physical game. I and mean, the Shazier thing is very scary. Yeah, but, but why that with his head? Explain this to me, though. Why does this league, and it's not just here, but it's certainly this is included, always overcorrect? National anthem. Yeah, they overcorrect, and it makes it way bigger of deal. This thing. I mean, this should be a transitionary period. Instead of this just start throwing flags thing, we should have these people working together. Yeah. Because well, because they're, make, they're making the game. They're going to make the game incredibly boring because it's going to slow the game down. And they are asking officials and players to do way too much of their work for them. Correct me if I'm wrong, though, Judd, but didn't this rule uh, originate from a coach's competition committee? It's the competition committee, which, which, coach, which they're Zimmer's on. on. Zimmer's on it, which I think. Which they're right? on. So I... I, I I don't know how they came up. But they sit. But what drives me crazy about them, Chipper, is it's coaches and executives. But they sit at the owners' meetings in March, right? 
and they look through things. And my contention is they sit there with these state-of-the-art TVs yeah. and slow-motion replay, and they're like, that hit right there is what we want out, which is great when you've slowed it down yeah. into frame, 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 frame. But to what you're talking about then, now all of a sudden you're playing in week two. Harrison Smith can't be like, oh, my gosh, the receiver just shifted, and if I hit him wrong, I'm going to do it. So I'm going to tackle him different. Yeah, and, and I think everybody agree, yeah, you want to keep your head up. You want to keep your head out of it because it protects you know the guy you're hitting and protects you. I think everybody universally would agree with that, but you know what you're seeing, the way it's being called in some of these cases, are the guy's head does look like it's up, and they're tackling with their shoulders, or you know he he's going down initially because that's the posture that you have to take to get low, and then and then he raises it, but it's not. You're right. asking an official to to make that determination in a you know fraction of a second. It, it's it impossible. Work. It it's impossible work. for no, them. It's impossible. The I. I don't blame one official for goofing up th- this entire no. thing because they've been told, look for this, watch for it, and throw a flag. I mean, the hockey league call on, on the Williams sack of Kessler, right? Yep. The Jacksonville quarterback on Saturday was a terrible call. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. They're told, protect the quarterback. He can't. And and what's he supposed to do? Because in a snap second, he's supposed to say, I saw weight come down. It's a ridiculous rule. Do you would you be in favor? And I, I'm on the fence on this one. And they and the league said they're not. They came out and said they're not going to do it. But allowing coaches to challenge that. Oh, I mean, you'd be. You yeah, yeah, I get. Yeah, I guess. I got to think about it for a second. Yeah, I guess I would. You'd I, be against it, or no? I'd be for it. I'd be for allowing them if because that call is such a bad. That's and what's the difference in that? But, and pass but what? But in? what's too much? Well, I've always said that one. I think that I think that the National Football League should either go to the college rule, yeah, and and ma- make it uh, a set amount of yards, and or and or have a challenge. But the problem the, the problem with this is the pie in the sky thing of yeah, challenge this, challenge that. How much do you want to slow the, these games well, down? The problem with it, I like the college rule. It's a four-hour game. You then. know, a forty-yard pass interference is very punitive. Yes. But on the same token, if I know it's only 15 yards and I'm getting beat on a 70-yard, 60-yard pass, I'm tackling that guy so he doesn't catch it. Because I'd rather get. I understand I'd give that. Up 15 I yards understand that. I just don't. I don't like this thing of I'm going to heave the ball downfield it, it, and and hope and and the other thing is now they're so tough on defensive backs and coverage that if I touch you wrong, I get but, called for that, and now it's a 60-yard penalty. But, Judd, on the same thing, but you know, guarantee, if they did away with it and just said it's a blanket 15-yard penalty. Well, then Zipper would have guys grabbing them all the time. Absolutely. You're right. You're you not would, wrong you about would, that. You would want to. I mean, so you what's, the, think, an- you so what's the answer? I don't know. I mean, that- <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's, what's better. I mean, you know, for college, I think it is. it would be punitive to have because they're not as experienced, they're yeah. not as skilled. But the pros, I guarantee okay. you, if you're going to get beat on a 50-yard pass, you're going to tackle the guy. Here's the one difference, though. In real time, if I'm, I'm an official, I can use, and I'm going to goof up, but I can use common sense to say the defender grabbed that guy. So that's a, a penalty. But when I get a rule saying protect the quarterback and make sure a guy doesn't use all his weight on the quarterback, yeah. in real time, I can't see. As a human well, being with, my, with, with the eyes I'm given, I can't see that. Well, we saw it. Last Saturday, no, I know, but, it's, I mean, yeah. but it was a bad. It was the wrong call, but he, but Hockley thought he was doing the right thing. I just, it's an impossible, it's an impossible thing to enforce. I gotta be honest with you, Judd. I didn't, and people, you know, the Green Bay people will 
deny or you know argue vehemently the other way, but I didn't have a real issue with Barr's hit. I didn't think it was dirty. Now, did he drive him to the ground? Yeah, but I didn't think it. If he, would, if he hadn't got hurt, would we have So the question is this. What's football? Like, what is football? Because you're not wrong. If he, if, Rogers rolled out, yeah. and Barr, as far as I was concerned, Barr completed the play. Yep. Did he need to drive him to the ground? No. But what's football? But if, if Rodgers had not got hurt, would we have talked about that play? No. No. Never. And I, th- and I, and I do think we are nearing, and this is going to sound... This is going to sound like I'm going over the top, but I think we're getting very close to something where you honestly have a flag football type of thing for the quarterback. Having to wear the red, yeah, I don't know if because they ever come to that. I just think. But this league, see, the one, the one thing I get is this league makes millions and billions from TV, right? Yeah. And if I am promoting the Week 9 matchup between the Green Bay Packers and the Bears, dun da dun 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 you know, and coming up yeah. in Week 9, and now in week seven, somebody completes a tackle of Rodgers, and it's not even cheap, but he gets hurt, and now it's Brett Hundley? Yeah. Well, it's, you yeah, know, it's, or Brady gets hurt? It's, it's, so, you always want your stars out there, and you're going to do as much to protect it. And, you know, what have we heard last couple of weeks because of all these new rules? That's it. I'm done. I'm, no more football for me. The ratings are still going to be yeah, through that's the roof. B, that's that's, not, that's not, People are not going to stop watching football. I just want to know. We'll I, just be angry. I want to know from this league. I want the interpretation of what is football. Like, tell me what football is, and we can work from there. Yeah, well. Because I, I'm with you. The bar hit was violent. It was it was maybe uh, a little bit over the top, but it was football, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Like, I, it, wasn't ma- it wasn't a malice he had let go of the ball and got lifted up and slammed to the ground. Yeah, and if let's say that it happened to Case Keenum. I, well, I, and you're, I, I, I don't yeah, think yeah. I, I would have said that was a dirty hit. I don't. All right, let's uh, take a break, come back. Uh, You are a big college football fan, and college football, at least in the state of Ohio, has done nothing to make us proud. We'll talk about that next. We're at the State Fair. Mackie and Judd Scoggins in for Phil right now. Most of what I know about Zach Smith is work-related, and I've, uh, throughout my career, I've taken an approach when I see someone in distress or someone struggling, I seek to get counsel and help for that person. And uh, the biggest regret, I wish I would know more. If I were no more, I would take action much quicker. Well, I have a message for everyone involved in this. I'm sorry that we're in this situation. And uh, I'm just sorry we're in this situation. That is Ohio State uh, Coach Urban Meyer reading here. Chip Scoggins from the ESPN.com story. Ohio State on Wednesday night suspended Meyer for the first three games of oh this season. Oh, I, sweet I, Martha's I'm, here. I'm distracted. Have one. Go you're, ahead. You're going to have to carry this one yourself. The problem right? is, if I have one, I'll have ten, so I can't have one. <laughs> is that a problem? It's the is one. That wrong? It's the one thing. I can't help myself when it comes to beer and starches. The one thing is, if I don't start on sweets, I'm okay on sweets. Yeah, if I, I start, though. I don't have that problem. We'll start. I'm done. Hey, go ahead. Have one or two. <laughs> I'll do it during a break. I'll read this part, I'll, and then we can, yeah. uh, and then you, you can munch on a cookie while I'm doing this. Ohio State on Wednesday night suspended uh, head football coach Urban Meyer for the first three games of this season after a two-week investigation found that he mishandled domestic assault allegations made against former Buckeyes assistant coach Zach Smith and misrepresented what he knew about the situation in a public statement that he made in July. Meyer was suspended without pay and banned from interacting with the football team through September the 2nd. He can rejoin the team at that point, but he will not be able to coach in games against Oregon State, Rutgers, and number 16 TCU. Um, I want to get your thoughts here, but I will yeah. start off by saying this. I don't have a hot take here. Like, I don't have a, he should have been fired, 
Or yeah. this is the right. The only thing I will say is, and, and we just played a, a clip from the press conference on Wednesday. Urban Meyer, to me, came off extremely poorly. Yeah, he, like, lost, he looked awful. He lost a lot of credibility yesterday. Yes. Um, a lot of thoughts on this. You know, I, I initially thought going in that they were going to have a difficult time firing him if not knowing all the you know things that they were investigating and what they're going to find. But if he did indeed, which he sort of indicated that he reported this to his bosses, you know, I, I felt like they were probably going to have a hard time firing him. Um, it's interesting that they released that report after that press conference because there was a whole lot of stuff you want to ask him about. Uh, one, when he found out. Talk about non-transparency, it, too. It was unbelievable. I mean, that is, that is as Bush League as you can possibly. If you're going to do it, release the report and allow the people to ask the question. He should be feel damn lucky that he has his job today because if he wasn't such a good coach, he'd be fired. Oh, sure. And let's, oh, yeah. Let's cut to a chase. If oh, he was an average easy. coach, he would have been fired easy uh, quickly. Um, the fact that. When Brett McMurphy reported that Zach Smith's wife, Courtney Smith, had had texted Urban's wife and showed her those pictures, Urban's first reaction was, I better delete my text messages. Well, why was that? Then they said, he, you know, at, at the Big Ten Media Sad. Day, and he did. He deleted them up to anything older than a year he deleted, which would have, you know, fallen in that time frame of when he found out, 2015. Right. You know the the committee or the investigative committee said he lied, but he didn't deli- didn't deliberately lie. Well, what is? I don't even know what that means. He misled the public completely. He lied. He lied and lied. To he, them. he was asked nine questions about. It. He lied. Yeah. yeah. Mean, don't give me that. He deliberately. Because, but but and his whole life. Let's make this very clear. His whole life as an extremely successful college football coach is based on the fact that he believes, maybe rightfully so, that he can lie whenever he wants. And then about football or life. Well, and it, they they rationalize that because by saying that. He has some condition where he has short-term memory losses that he can't remember things. Oh, I saw that. Come on. Yeah, we found that Coach Meyer sometimes forgets things. Give me a break. Um, And if that's the case, let's let's have him take a leave and go get help. Yeah, then he shouldn't be coaching. Yeah. He's not fit to coach if he has memory losses. Exactly. Um, You know, the the thing I keep coming back to, Judd, and it's funny because it has created a clear divide between Ohio State fans and everybody else in the world. Um, And, and, you know, maybe I don't want to – that's not fair and drawing a blanket statement between all Ohio State fans because I'm sure there are some that are disgusted, but you just see what you see on, on social media. But why did he keep him employed for three years after learning of a second incidence, incidence of this and all the stuff that he knew? And he, he was Earl now. now I, I, this guy, Zach Smith was Earl Bruce's grandson. There's more to And Meyer is claiming, Meyer is claiming that his, his loyalty to Bruce caused him to, to keep him employed. Okay. And yet, a little bit. And yet Meyer's wife knew all about this, too. I mean, we, we clearly know that they knew about this. Yes. And, and he, you know, he, the abuse, he, he said he was blinded, some of it, because of, you know, his, you know, his loyalty and affection for Earl Bruce. Okay, I'll buy that a little, but there was something more to it. I mean, there, there was something more that he felt compelled to keep this guy, who, by all accounts, is a real sleazeball and just a bad human being, yep. on his staff. Yep. And uh, – and, I, you know, the comeback here at all the time, anytime you see a, somebody tweet something or a story, Ohio State fans say, well, he wasn't arrested, he wasn't charged. You know, he reported to superiors. Even uh, Courtney Smith's mom has come out and said she doubts the veracity of the, the claims. I get all that, but uh, there were pictures. And his wife, Urban's wife even said, he scares me. She texted that to Courtney Smith. Mm-hmm. Well, 
And then Urban said last night, well, I wasn't aware of those text messages. So your wife has pictures of one of your employers abusing his wife, and your wife texts him that that she's, she's scared of him, and she doesn't share that with you? Right. Come on. Not buying it. This all goes Not back. It. And this all goes back to me, too. I just I wish, I wish Division One football would come out and say, we got a lot of bad people, we're a business, but that's what we are. They, the thing that drives me crazy is they're holier than now that, that we get from so many about well, urban. Yeah, but I mean, we're, we're raising kids. We're de- no, you're not. You've got, a, you've got a, a very successful business that, by the way, we're all going to continue to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to be like, hey, Buckeyes are on, I'm not watching them. Yeah. So the transparency thing, and this is, this is why I would love to see Division One college football just split off from college sports. It, it's a profession. Yeah. It, it's a profession, and and the amount of unethical um, actions by administrators because of that, by coaches, throughout that, to me, just get up there and say we are what we are, which is we're we are a professional sport. We are a feeder system for the National Football League. We are extremely su- successful, and that's what we do. And nobody's developing kids here. Yeah, and nobody's it, helping kids. And that's part of the thing. And nobody really cares that much. Well, in no, Urban's whole stick has been, I'm this, you know. Great moral standards, and I have yeah. And he core. came out last year about you shouldn't co- you shouldn't be coaching. You're fired if you if you lie if yeah. you lie to the NCAA. You're fired. You you don't deserve. Which to he coach. would do in a heartbeat, of course. And you know he has this wall with his core values, and on top of it is honesty, treat women with respect. I mean, you know, these are his core values that we yeah. live by. But it's, it's he's just a fraud. It's like, come on, he's just a come fraud. On. Yeah. So I didn't think that they were going to fire him. One, because, I mean, you know, at the bottom line, he did report it. Right. Now, you know, did he do enough? Yeah, I think he'll even admit no. Um, and let's be honest, he's he's a coach that can take him to a national championship and, and their fan base. And look what he's By and there. large, if you judge by the reaction, they have supported him and they were going to uh, probably go ballistic if they fired him. The unfortunate set of circumstances, in my opinion, is very, very simple. If you go to the general uh, Ohio State fan or administrator and say, we can hire an unethical sleazebag coach who's going to, who's going to, if nothing else, enable this around him, but he can do one thing. What's that? Beat Michigan. They're going to hire him. And win national titles. Yeah, which is just why I want them to be transparent. Just come out and yeah. say, Urban Meyer can really coach. They won't and say you that know publicly. What? No, yeah. I know. I know, but I, 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 we're almost to the point. This is why I want I want Division One college football out of college sports because it's not a college sport. Well, I will say this. It's just a business. Urban, you know, he'll, you know, his career will continue, but he, he will not be viewed anywhere near in the same uh, light that he was previously. I mean, he, he's a damaged coach now. Do you think Buckeyes fans are going to care, though? Not, well, Buckeyes fans won't, but I'm just in terms <laughs> if of If they beat Tarbaugh, he'll be happy. Yeah. They'll be happy. Yeah. All right, let's uh, take a break. Uh, one more segment with Chip Scoggins, and then Matthew Collar joins the show. Mackie and Judd, Phil, by the way, at 11 o'clock. We are at the great Minnesota get-together. The Minnesota United are in Kansas City to take on Sporting KC this Saturday night. Tune in at 7 p.m. for the pre-match show with Brian Pyatt, followed by a kickoff at 7.30 with Dan Terhar, and you can catch all the action right here on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd, uh, final segment of the first hour out here with Chips, uh, Chip Scoggins. <laughs> Matthew Collar to join at uh, 10 o'clock, and a, uh, and a full um, Sweet Martha's Cookies bucket is now. I just ate five. That was impressive. <laughs> I told you that's my problem. And one I can't was, do it. One of was the doubles, so I think it was six. I can't do it. If I, like, I, start, I, like if get, I start, it's not going to end. I like when you get stuck together or unusually large, like deformed, so they're, they're 
you know. <laughs> Deformed cookies. Yeah. Yeah. So those are two. Those are my favorite. I cannot. I can't start. I will weigh. If I start on Sweet Martha's day one yeah. at my current weight, I bet I'd be 240 <laughs> by the end of the fair. Um, go for football. Yeah. What should I be excited about? I mean, you, you love yeah. the sport. I, I actually uh, was talking to Phil a couple weeks ago, and I said, where I envy you, Chip Scoggins, mm-hmm. is that you understand what it's like to be excited when college football starts. And I really – I love football, but I don't understand that. Uh, but when it comes to the golfers, what should I be excited about? Um, or anybody. You know, I, th- I just think some of the young talent, it, it, you know, people probably don't want to hear that, but that's about what you have to go on, you know. But, I mean, um, is there any – because they're just – I'm excited to see what Annex did. Because buzz-wise, buzz, buzz wise, there, there's, no buzz. there's yeah. nothing. Yeah. And I don't know that there was last year. I think there was a little bit of fleck uh, buzz maybe. I think there was. Like some fleck yeah. – yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think people are sort of realistic about where the program is in terms of, you know, this is a youth movement. They're really young, which means – uh, they're going to struggle. I mean, it's. It, it, I think they probably have more talent, but young talents, you never really know what you know how they're going to respond. How's the quarterback, in, in your opinion? Well, Annex it's dead. funny. I I went to one spring practice, and I'm not just saying this because uh, PJ announced Annex but to me, he's the one that jumped out. Like okay. the junior college kid, you, you could tell he was not a Big Ten quarterback. The kid who, who went back who, to it, his JC, to and now a, I think it's going to be a linebacker. A linebacker, yeah. Yeah, that didn't work out so well. Um, Annex dead. He's physically. Looks like a Big Ten quarterback. I think he's six three, like two twenty. He looks, you know, he looks the part. Um, can't really say. I don't know much about his arm strength, you know. Right. But uh, he, when you watch him in drills, he looked like the best guy. I mean, just command and the way, he, you know, he put the ball in receivers, and um, so I wasn't surprised uh, when it was him and Morgan. Uh, that he was going to ultimately win it because he just looked like he was has the more skill. They'll both play, though, correct? Yeah. I, well, PJ said he would like to get Morgan in there. Um, but he it's not going to be one of those things, and I totally agree with his approach that, oh, my God, he threw a better pick. Morgan, get in there. You know, it's right. not going to – you can't do that because then you're going you're gonna to lose. Well, this team's going to lose yeah, lots you, of games you have to some bad picks. You have to be willing to have some patience and work through some growing pains because there are going to be some. He's going to have some – I bet he has some – some some nice moments and and he's gonna play well at times, but he's also gonna have some bad mistakes, and you just have to be willing to live with that and and let him kind of learn on the job. And so I'm excited to see that, you know, they, they get, you know, I'm excited to see Antoine Winfield Jr. back on the field. He's a different, I mean, he's an exciting player. Yep. Uh, Carter Coughlin, you know, I want to see some of these young receivers. Bateman, the freshman, they you know they brought in is a big time looking. Athlete. Do they have some guys who can now Finally, catch the, catch yeah, the I mean, ball? That, I mean, that, last year was, was an abomination. A, yeah, it was an absolute abomination. I mean, they did not. They had one Big Ten right. caliber receiver. Now, you know, a couple of those guys got hurt. Douglas, uh, Ottman Bell, who I liked in, in camp. It's funny the day I went out there, I was watching. I was like, God, this guy. You know, there's something there, and he, he came down on his foot, and he didn't play again. Um, but you know, this you is have, Golden Gopher football, yeah, baby. So you have Douglas, Ottman Bell, yeah, um, and then you had Bateman. Uh, so it's not, you know, it's not just one guy, which is all they had um, last year. And so they're they're young talent, and you're gonna have to live with some growing pains. But I, I think, you know, I'm curious to see, are they faster? You know, do they fly to the ball more? Are these wide receivers capable of making plays? So you can sort of look down the road a little bit and say, okay, I can see where this is headed. What's your prediction? I I would say five and seven, six and six, something like that. I've got them losing to Fresno State. Possibly. I don't I don't think they sweep the non-conference this season and then i did find i found enough big 10 teams that that are also terrible yeah they have illinois is not any good 
Indiana, I think you, you can beat. You got Iowa at home. Actually, you, you know the one there. the one I'm curious about now, Maryland. Yeah. I, I had them losing against Maryland, but Maryland's going to be a complete mess. And by the way, that's a coach who should be fired. Well, he, he's, but, he's a dead man. He's, he's got to be he's fired. No chance of surviving. You can't, you, you can't have yeah. a kid die. die on you. Yeah. No. And, and, and the way they came out and said, you know, we're responsible for this. I mean, they had, their treatment was just, you know, is unbelievable. They did the, the right. Lack of treatment they them. did the. Now, the school, I think, took the right steps in that press conference. Yeah. But the next step has to be the coach is fired. Well, he, he's. Yeah, I mean, he employed a strength and conditioning I, guy who was a tyrant. I, I don't. I saw someone tweet out, and I can't remember if it was the insider there, but they won't be surprised if they, president, AD, and coach are all gone. If it's just, Ooh, yeah, um, that's a nice. Clean but sweep. at minimum, the coach is gone, and I think probably the AD is going to be gone too. But um, yeah, I, I think probably six and six. You know, the thing is hard about the Gophers is like, you just have no idea what the freshman quarterback is going to do. You know, you really don't. I mean, you, Being you a freshman of, quarterback, my guess is he's going to struggle. throw the ball into the middle of the field on occasion and uh, have a pick I six. Think, yeah, there's going to be growing pains. Yep. And, um, but he has better talent surrounding him than they had last year. The bar is pretty low. <laughs> yeah. Put it that way. The bar's not high Tell in me terms of what it. they saw last year. Next Thursday night, right? Yep, Thursday night. New Mexico State. Yep. Thank you, Chip. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. Chip Scoggins in hour one. Check out his work, by the way, StarTribune, StarTribune.com. Matthew Collar will join me next. We are at the great Minnesota get-together.